So you know how when people join the MCU, their careers just immediately explode? Fair, fair, yeah. So my main example of this would be Chris Pratt. After he joined Guardians, he literally got Jurassic World, and then he got Passengers, and then just like everything after that, his career just exploded. Fair. I'll raise you Dave Bautista. Like, man didn't have an acting career until Guardians. Like... And then he also exploded. Movie's not as great, but he was in James Bond. That's fair. He was in Stuber. Yeah. He got his own Netflix special. I remember that, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So honestly, I think... very marketable. Yeah, I think when you join the MCU, like, honestly, your career kind of gets sorted. Actually, I think also, just, it's not only the MCU, it's when you become a superhero. Very fair. Because, yeah, no, 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 I'll give you that. That's very fair. Yeah. But well, especially the MCU, like Tom Holland. Spider-Man, flurry of movies. Mm. Especially after he'd had like a few like smaller stuff, yeah. like um, the one with Chris Hemsworth, um, the sailing one. Yes, uh, Heart of the Sea. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's I, also I, in the Impossible with Ewan McGregor. That's quite a cool movie. Oh yeah, when he was like a kid. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that movie actually. We started young, hey. Yeah. All right, so this episode we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I'm down. I think, honestly, James Gunn did something phenomenal. Both movies. Uh, I know people give the second one a lot of flack. Honestly, I think it's as good as the first. A lot of people's problems, I think, are that... Look, I think it's obviously less of a tighter movie. Yeah. Like, it, I think definitely it has a bit of a pacing like issue here and there. But I think people's main gripe with Guardians 2 was that... It didn't break the mold like Guardians 1, which is honestly always what happens, where a movie will come out, like, smash everything, it will break boundaries, it will be, like, this phenomenal thing, the sequel will come out and people will be like, ah, it didn't do, it didn't break anything again. And, and then like, the third one will come out and once again, hopefully, blow everyone away. Okay. Just like Iron Man, Captain America. To be fair, not a lot of people liked Iron Man 3. Really? Yeah, didn't show about this. Um, well, a lot of people just, just because of the Mandarin. Like, yeah, but pretty much. Which is ironic, because honestly, I, I don't know who actually liked the Mandarin in the comics. I didn't, at the very least. Like, whatever. I thought, it, I thought it was a cool twist. The problem was Iron Man three didn't have a good villain, after the Mandarin. If you understand, like Alpha, like Killian was just was generic right. white businessman number three, yeah. literally. <laughs> so um, you know, but. We're here to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, not Iron Man. Fair. Alright, so, uh, let's, let's go some highlights from Guardians, because that first movie uh, took me by surprise immediately. Yeah. I saw it come out in cinemas, and I was like, I probably won't go and watch that. I had no idea it was attached to Marvel. Yeah. One day I'm walking past the post, and I just like stop, and I look down, and I just see Marvel. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I go home, I open up my Marvel encyclopedia, and I turn to the page, and it's just like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I look down, and I don't recognize any of these people, except for Rock, and I'm like, um, who are these people? Fair, yeah. Um, because, interesting fact, the, like, comics Guardians of the Galaxy lineup looked nothing like the movie. I'm pretty sure Ghost Rider is part of the lineup at some point in the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is Okay, but one. see, they, they went through a phase where, like, they had an Avenger on the team at all times, and I was, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't enjoy that run of comics, because, like, it, it kind of became that Avengers story. Yeah. Like, Iron Man was on the Guardians at one point, I think Spider-Man was up there, or maybe it was, like, Agent Venom or something. Yeah. Like, it was here, like, Kitty Pride went up for the Guardians, oh, like, oh, they were literally just sticking, like, a whole bunch of 
I suppose what you would call A-listers yeah. onto the Guardians, which I don't think suits them because they are like, at the very least, James Gunn's version of the Guardians are the ragtag group of misfits, you know, who are kind of just a dysfunctional family. Yeah. Which, honestly, I think James Gunn has done something incredible for the Guardians of the Galaxy on the level of what Jon Favreau did for Iron Man. Yeah. Like, easily. Definitely. I mean, he made... Well, he made two CGI characters, two of the most enjoyable roles in the film. Yeah. Where, like... They're not even real. They're not there, and yet the performances and are brilliant. The voice acting is so good. Those are honestly the two characters you probably get most invested in in that first movie. Yeah. It's so, so entertaining. Again, interesting fact. Did you know that a uh, producer for Guardians of the Galaxy didn't like Bradley Cooper's Rocket voice? Why? His, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, his exact words were, "Why are we paying Bradley Cooper to not sound like Bradley Cooper?" James Gunn's response. Because he's acting. <laughs> like, baller. I like back of that 100%. Because honestly, the voice work he's done for Rocket is incredible. Yeah. Like, it, it, even Vin Diesel doing three three words. <laughs> really good, surprisingly enough. Like, you right. get. Re- like, there's so much character in just those three words. Like, it's crazy. But I think it's crazy that James Gunn put so much effort into giving him an actual script, translating every single item yeah. route to really help him get across what he needed to get across in those three words. And honestly, it shows. Like, it really does, because you don't need to know what Groot is actually saying, because you, you get it. You, yeah. you, you understand. And then when you actually do know what he's saying, it hurts like all hell. Oh, like yeah. in Infinity War, where he just reaches out and just goes, Dad. Dad. Yeah, that oh, is a killer. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. What a lot of pain. Okay, so first movie, and actually the second one, they both pretty much center around Peter Quill. Yeah. <clears throat> like, effectively, they're, they're, like, they are his story, basically. Because, not to be funny, the, the whole first movie is effectively him getting over the fact that he could never say goodbye to his mom because he was too scared. Yeah. Which, wow. Like, what a gut punch in the cinema. Like, when you watch it, and then that, that final scene where they're all holding the each other's hands and the power stone and he reaches out and he just sees the flash for his mother and you're like, oh my goodness. Didn't expect this, James Gunn. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've broken my heart. But James Gunn has been able to magically tie together comedy with some gut-wrenching moments, some sort of really heartfelt moments as well. Yondu's funeral. Oh, dude, makes me cry every single time. It is so heartbreaking. Especially when, not to be funny, but earlier on in the movie when he bumps into Sylvester Sloan and he's like, oh, the lights of whatever it is will never fly over your funeral. And then he dies and, like, Peter just lets him out and they just all arrive, like, putting the lights around. What's it? Like, Craglin is just like, yeah. yes! Yeah! Like, that moment gets me every single time without fail. It is heartbreaking. Yeah. But before we get too deep into that stuff, let's take it back to that first movie. Do you remember watching it for the first time? Uh, I do, actually. Uh, Blue Root Cinema, I believe. Um, Stirk Yenikor. I was blown away. Like, literally, because it was one of those where I watched it because it had Marvel attached. Yeah. And I think by that, it was, what, 2014 when Guardians first came out? Oh, it's going to be somewhere around there. Um, and honestly, that was when Marvel was riding high off of, like, we can do whatever the fuck we want, people would at least give it a shot. And they earned it. Like, yeah. again. Like, 
I can't stress enough, they made a talking raccoon and a tree immensely popular and, like, relatable. Groot is, like, pop culture now. Yeah, like, forever. Yeah, it's in- it's actually incredible what Marvel's done to the cinema landscape. Like, just... Because if you think about it, the whole, like, phase one was basically grounding the superheroes so that they could theoretically exist in our reality. Like, the whole thing with Thor was, oh, it's not magic, it's just science you don't understand yet. Then you get to the Guardians, and it's like, we're in space, like, we're having adventures, we don't care, like, your reality means nothing. And then they tie that so excellently in Endgame, yeah. where they, they get into the ship and Rocket just turns and are like, who's never been to space before? Yeah. And you see, like, Cap raise his hand like a schoolboy, like, you're so... You're so cute. <laughs> they are, dude. There's like four of them who just all put their hands up. Rocket, don't throw up in my spaceship. <laughs> it's great. Honestly, that's... Okay, we're going to jump ahead a little bit here, but Infinity War and Endgame, the Russos did a fantastic job, like, bringing the Guardians into the MCU proper. Yeah. Because, like, Guardians 1 and 2 is very much, like, distinct. Like, obviously, it deals with the Infinity Stones, and you've got all this, like background stuff, but you pretty much got nothing to do with Earth. Yeah, you get two scenes on Earth, where the very beginning with Peter Quill, and in the second movie, the fact that that blue sludge is now taking over the Earth at some point. Fair. Yeah, yeah, and the flashback with, yes. um... Uh, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Uh, who, or, can I just say, what a choice for Ego, the living planet. Like, I approve. That was a, that's a solid casting choice, and a fucking excellent beard. I, I love the fact that they eventually showed his face in the planet. Yeah. At the end there. Yeah. That was a really awesome moment. Like, honestly. And again, Guardians 2 is the one that had the Adam Warlock reference, where at the end she's like, I'll call him Adam. And you're like, ah, when's that coming into play? We'll find out one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Don't really have us holding on really, really tight for that one. Yeah. And no Infinity fair. War. They tied so nicely with Thor, and I think that worked really well because yes. Thor is also Thor, yeah. out of out of Earth. He's from um, Asgard, which is actually incredibly galactic. Yeah, compared to what you originally think when you see that movie, you're like, oh, magic, everything, and then yeah, this is like space. Fair, yeah. Uh, like honestly, the chemistry that Chris Hemsworth and the Guardians had was incredible to watch. Like, honestly, there are some of my favorite scenes in the film, especially when um, Rocket has to basically like, console him. Yes. And yes. they're sitting in the pod, and he's like, you all right? And he's like, well, my brother's dead, my father's dead, my mother's dead, my people are dead, my home's destroyed. Do you have so, a yes. <laughs> also, also dead. dead. <laughs> and he's just like, oof, that's, that's pretty rough, eh? And he's just like, yeah, well, don't worry, I'll kill Thanos. And he's like, what if you don't, though? Well, what more could I lose? It's yeah. like, ha, 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 wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. Like, honestly, I, it's really impressive, like, what James Gunn was able to do. And I think it is, it's telling that he got cancelled for something that, like, the way he was, like, 20 years ago. Yeah. Which, because honestly, I think if you watch Guardians, you can see the man's evolution. Like, genuinely. And I, I think Disney made the right call bringing him back for Guardians three, but I think they never should have fired him in the first place. Yeah, like at all. I was completely off kilter. Also, when he got hired by DC, that's like recognition. They're like, okay, we have the Suicide Squad, which is just a band of misfits that no one can make work. 
if anyone's gonna do this, James Gunn, sir, please help. Fair, fair. And honestly, Suicide Squad, I like, but again, like, why do I care? Like, I know it's James Gunn, I know it's probably gonna be a really good movie, but like, so, like, not being funny, the DCU is, like, they don't care about it anymore. It is heartbreaking to see, because it had so much potential. <sighs> well, let's not, let's not get into that. Yeah, let's not dwell on that for too long. Make let's me talk sad. about the music. Because people will listen to Awesome Mix 1 and 2 on repeat for years. I did, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Literally. And honestly, it was... It's funny because Suicide Squad and the first Same one... vibe. No, 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 no. The thing is, they watched Guardians were like, Oh, so to make a successful movie, you just need old school songs. No. <laughs> no, because every... Not to be funny, but every single song was chosen for a very specific reason to convey an emotional response. And I think they, again, he, they nailed it completely. Mm, they really did. Okay, but, fault with the first Guardians movie, okay? Oh, oh, okay. Ronan the Accuser. No, he was terrifying, I loved it. But he didn't, like, he didn't have enough to do. At all. He w I would have preferred to see him more in action, and that's why I got quite excited when I heard he was going to be in, um, Captain Marvel. So, uh, I got super keen for that, to see him, like, do some, do some damage. Yeah. But the, the couple fights that we do get out of him in Guardians are very impressive. The fact that he, like, wipes the floor with Drax, and Drax, like, could take most of the Guardians. But wasn't that after he got the Power Stone? Yes, it is attached to his hammer. But he still just, like, smacked him around like he was nothing. Sure. I'm pretty sure he would have smacked him around like he was nothing without the Power Stone. But honestly, my problem with Ronan the Accuser was that he was, like, he came off as evil for the sake of evil, you know? Where it was like, oh, like, we had this war between our people. I'm not over it. Or it's like, I, can you give me a, like, why? Can you give me a little bit more on that front? Like, yeah. why are you not over it? Why, like... Why is this so important? If I, I've read the comics, like, I understand, but, like, why? <laughs> but, excellent performance from Lee Pace, though. That's true. Well, with what he had to work with, it was a very good performance, I thought. Menacing as hell. Again, it's just underutilized, which yeah. is a running theme with Marvel, where their villains tend to be underutilized. And it's a pity, because they generally get some really strong actors for yeah. those villain roles. That is true. One of the villains that stands out the most, which is a weird one because you've had so many by this point, is actually um, the Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, fair. That is a solid villain. Probably one of the best that the MCU has had. Honestly, I'd say top three villains in the MCU, no particular order, would probably be Thanos, Loki, and Vulture. Yeah. Like, realistically, can you think of another villain that could challenge that? Um... Because Ultron was good retroactively. Yeah. It was because of Civil War that Age of Ultron kind of got pit, like pulled up a little bit, you know? Zemo was pretty cool, but I don't think we got enough of that classic Zemo. Fair, but he looks like he's coming in uh, yes. Falcon and Winter Soldier, very which I'm very excited for. Also excited for the US agent. Fair, yeah, yeah. He looks pretty baller at the moment. Very much a cap ripoff, and I approve. I feel like he's going to steal the, the shield from... Um, Sam and Bucky, and Honest that's going to be a sore spot. Honest thoughts. I think the government's going to take the shield. Ooh, the government. Because I think the whole thing is going to be that the government wants a new Captain America, but they want to choose the Captain America. Yeah. And I think they're going to, like, 
go get into like a legal battle where they take the shield from Falcon and then they just give it to the US agent and oh. it's like you didn't earn that shield you know yeah which I'd be very keen for truth be told but um, back to Guardians yeah the first movie I think is really really good second movie does a really good job of expanding on the first because like even in the first movie there's that bit at the end where they're like Peter Quill's not entirely human they're like well what what is he other part and they're like we don't know it's something very old enter Ego the Living Planet yeah. and it's like that makes so much sense as well as the fact that Ego like first off that like his mission where he's just impregnating aliens across the galaxy and stuff to like get the perfect sun that old sire that can wield his like power and all yeah. that wild <laughs> like that is unexpected hey when you see he just drops you see, it so like, casually as well oh bird the party drops so casually where he's like oh it broke my heart to put the tumor in her head and you just see peter quill what what did you just say motherfucker yeah. And it, like honestly, that that's one of the best characterizations of ego because it's like he genuinely believes that he's one Peter over at that point. Like he he's like I can tell him anything and he'll love me because I fulfilled that role that he what like not realizing that Peter grew up without him. Yeah. Whereas like he's had to live with these memories of his mother as well as her like music with mm-hmm. him twenty four seven. Like, ooh, baller decision to be like I killed her. <laughs> like, Let's, let's, okay. Peter Quill is one of the best written characters that the MC has produced because he's so human, he's so fallible, yeah. and he's so realistic. Let's talk about that dance battle at the end of the first movie. <laughs> How realistic is that? <laughs> of course that would work. Aliens don't know what a dance battle is. Beyond that, you're, you just said, I'm going to wipe this planet from existence. Man starts dancing. What are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, that would stun me. <laughs> like, <laughs> but why? Why have you chosen this? What are you doing? And then he's like, distraction, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I honestly, I think Chris Pratt plays him to perfection. Like, his comedic timing, as well as, like, the emotional side of him, is so well portrayed. Like, honestly, it is really, really well done. I honestly, I don't think there's a single member of the cast that you can't not praise like Benicio Del Toro as um the collector brilliant like is it Benicio Del Toro I think it is he's a he is a strange one because he wasn't very good in the uh Thor the Dark World end sequence but when they showed him in Guardians he like personified the collector so much better by that point you'll see a lot more of him but I I think it's because you got to see more of him as the collector that it was better than Thor the Dark World yeah honestly Let's do some. Let's do some good moments from the show, from from the movies. Okay. okay. All right. First movie, that opening sequence where he's walking, um, where he's walking on the on the planet. Oh, and he's singing jam. with the rat in the hand. Yeah. Uh, that's solid, a solid, solid moment. I still maintain Yondu's funeral up there, along with the "I'm Mary Poppins, y'all" yes. moment. <laughs> Brilliant. Because uh, like Peter understands, he's like. Yeah, you are. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna break this for you. Like, you're so cool. <laughs> oh, oh, the scene in the prison where um, 
Peter puts his finger over his neck to signify, like, kill. kill. Yeah, and Drax is like, what are you doing? Yeah, he's like, you understand, this? it looks like quill. I mean, it, it means kill. And then, like, one person's like, yeah, 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 I get it. And Drax looks at me and goes, no, I don't I, get I, it. I have no I, idea I what he's talking about. Also, that whole thing where they're like, okay, we need to come up with a plan to break out. Like, we're going to have to get this piece lost because that's going to be like yep. a bitch. And you just see Groot in the background just taking the piece. <laughs> and they're just like, all right, then, plan has accelerated. <laughs> Let's get a move on. Groot, what an angel in that first movie. My favorite scene is when he just like sticks his arm out like impales like 12 people and just slams them up against the wall and then turns to look at Quill and just smiles and he's like, approval? Yeah. Approval? Is this approval? I helped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, phenomenal. Honestly, Zoe Saldana as well, brilliant job. Like throughout, throughout Guardians 1, 2, uh, Infinity War, and well, she wasn't really in Endgame, was she? In the end, she kicked Peter in the balls. That's true. That was funny. <laughs> I enjoyed that. First time you missed, second time you got them both. <laughs> and again, like, I, I'm really impressed by the fact that these characters can be moved between writers and still be so seamlessly, like, portrayed and, yeah. like, maintained in terms of continuity, their growth. Like in the second film, where um, they like touch down in the forest, or whatever, and the and Ego's like, "I'm your dad, Peter," and literally she like walks up to him and she's like, "You've told me like all you wanted was a father for like your entire life," and he's like, "Yeah, but like, like what if it goes wrong?" And she's like, "Well, then we kill him," and you're like, "Huh, that." happened. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, character growth. Okay. <laughs> uh. Phenomenal stand-up moment. Opening sequence of the second movie with little baby Groot. Oh, and he's just dancing while all of them are like, God damn it, we need to like stay out of the way, like we're, we're fighting this thing. Like, and when Drax just comes out stabbing Groot, he's like, I have killed it. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Honestly, I was, like, genuinely mind-blown by Dave Bautista's comedic timing. Holy hell, I never thought of him like that. You know the, the line, why is Gamora? Improv. <laughs> they told him, like, don't do that again. And because he made such good connection with um, uh, James Gunn, uh, James Gunn told him, like, listen, if you have something that you want to improv and you feel like it's good, go for it keep going for it yeah. right he kept saying the line until they were eventually like they were just all on the floor laughing and they were just like fine it's going in the movie and what a line honestly it's brilliant <laughs> like it really like and again like i never saw that from dave batista i never saw that level of comedy that he achieves and not to be funny pretty much every movie he's but he's drafted in yeah like it's incredible. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too, too fast. fast. <laughs> I'll catch it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it is, yeah. Honestly, they're, they're such good movies. They really, really surprised me. Yeah. The, the, uh, the plan moments between all the interactions between um, Star-Lord and Rocket where they're trying to be better than each other. Yeah. One is an actual raccoon. Yeah, and, and they're having this like intense battle of manliness. <laughs> to be fair, the intense battle of manliness between Peter Quill and Thor. <laughs> <laughs> what a great collection of scenes. Having said that, won't lie, Endgame, 
like the end sequence when Thor comes on the ship, little one, one bit too one bit too like one beat too long. Where yeah. it's like this was funny, you lost me now. Yeah. Like move on, <laughs> please. <laughs> Which is unfortunate, but honestly, like that's a minor complaint at the end of a three-hour-long movie. Yeah. <laughs> like. Which, I mean, we could probably critique pretty handily, but I think, honestly, what an achievement. Yeah, I don't want to say anything bad about Endgame. I just don't. Fair. Like, I, I could say a fair bit bad, because honestly, it's not a perfect movie. I think Infinity War is better. Yeah. But, again, Endgame's an event. Yeah. Like, nothing about that. Once again, how excited are you for Love and Thunder? Oh, those set photos, and you see the boots. The classic, the accurate boots. boots. Dude, I'm so keen. And also, I really, really want to see his interactions with the Guardians, and I hope it's not just, thanks for dropping me off, bye. Yes. Like, I, I need it to be a little more than that. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I would dig that, but um, I guess, suppose we'll have to wait and see, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I feel like that's going to be a pretty cool one. It re yeah, honestly, I think it will be quite sick. Well, how about that body transformation by Chris Pratt? Oh, yeah, when he went from, like, Parks and Rec to Star-Lord. Yeah. That was incredible. And that shirtless scene where he's getting, like, disinfected in the fucking jail. Yeah. Yo, dude, that man is shredded. <whistles> Gets a little chubbier as the movies go on, but, like, it works. Yeah. Like, in that second movie, I think he, he was bigger. He had more yeah, muscle. Yeah, he, bul he bulked up a lot more, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny, because it's an Infinity War where <laughs> they're like, you, you've gained a few pounds. Like, that's it. I'm going to commit. I'm yeah. going to get a Bowflex. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. that, I feel like him and Thor are going to need that interaction, because now they're both chonky. Well, not from the set have, photos that we've seen. They're going to have a manliness off, and I, they are going to work out Honestly, together. I really hope like Thor Love and Thunder opens with... Thor and Star-Lord on the Bowflex, bro. Like, on it, just like, ah, we're getting fit. Like, we're doing it. Can you imagine the interaction of Star-Lord, like, smugly lifting, like, like, um, curling, like, 80, 90 kilos, and then just Hemsworth on the other side, like, looking at him and then, like, picking up a spaceship because he's Thor. Yeah. <laughs> on it, but honestly, I would be so keen to see if they become like gym buddies. Yeah. Because I think that would be such an amazing set of interactions if they are genuine like gym buddies where it's like, you can do better, come on! Like, look <laughs> harder! Like, I believe in you! They're like the other Guardians walk in, it's like, <clears throat> you're shit. <laughs> get, get, get strong. <laughs> Just oh. a side comment from Rocket about how he's the strongest easily would win me. Ah, uh, fair. <laughs> fair. But, okay, so the character growth, like, honestly, that you see between not just the two Guardians movies, but also, like, through Infinity War and all that is... Rocket goes through a hell of a transformation. Yeah, dude. Like, in that second movie, just, like, pure asshole because he refuses to let himself care. Yeah. And then... And then the way he connects with Yondu. Yeah, dude. Ooh. Oh, gets you in the feels every time. Where he's like... I know you because you're me! And Rock is like, oh, oh, oh god, okay. Are we gonna have this chat? <laughs> He's just like, yeah, little rat. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay, let's talk about that hilarious prison scene where they're like, Groot, go bring us the key. Comes back with the toe. <laughs> yeah. He's like, do you guys have these in freezers or something? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was attached to someone. <laughs> 
how he brings in the eye. I'll, I'll keep that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, like, Rocket's fascination with body parts is hilarious. Like, in that, the first movie's prison scene where Peter brings in the dude's leg, and he's like, oh, you actually brought me this, I was just kidding. He's like, I transferred, like, 20,000 units. And he goes, like, but what did his face look like when you took it, brother? <laughs> uh, oh. Him and Bucky's interaction in Infinity War. Yeah. How much for the arm? It's not for sale. Oh, I'm gonna get that arm. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. And again, it's like just a consistent character trait across three movies, despite his growth, where he's still like, I'm after body parts. (laughs) For some weird reason. Probably because he was like experimented on and all that. Ripped apart all the time, yeah. yeah. Which is also what a harsh scene when you see like his back is all like fucked up and Peter's like, ooh. Oh god, like you've been through some shit. Like, oh. That's intense because in the comics he looks like this happy little thing. Uh, and then you get this badass version of him, and it's it's really cool the way they just add this twist to him. Yeah. All of the Guardians, even. Again, I, I can't stress what James Gunn did bringing these guys to live action was genuinely incredible. Like, because honestly, all he did was he brought a dysfunctional family and he picked, like, the silhouettes of the comic characters. Because, like, honestly, the, the modern Guardians have just been based off of what James Gunn did in its entirety. This is true. Even like, the costume designers changed. Literally, dude. Like, before the 2014 movie, the Guardians lineup looked nothing like the movie. I think maybe Rocket was, like... Rocket looked... Yeah, he gets a comic-accurate costume in Endgame. They all do. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, you know who we've forgotten to talk about? Nebula. Oh, it's actually a huge part of these Nebula's stories. Nebula's arc is so good. I really, really enjoyed how she goes from, like, Thanos' assassin to, like, not understanding where her place was, but just wanting a place. Yeah. And then, like, she has that fight with Gamora where she's like, you always wanted to win, I just wanted a sister. And Gamora's like, oh, I I never knew that. Like, I I never realized. And Nebula's like, of course you didn't. You, like, you didn't care. And she's just like, I'm so sorry. And they have that great interaction in fucking Endgame, which she sees Peter Quill, it's like, this guy? Really? And it's like, it was either this or a talking tree. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Talking tree is good. Talking tree is great, dude. Again, the amount of character they got out of three words and a completely CG character is mind-boggling. Dude, we are Groot. Oh, oh my goodness. And when Rocket's just pleading with him, he's like, don't do this, please. Like, no. And he's just like, we are Groot. And he's like, ah, you learned four words. <laughs> I'm so proud. The, the end scene where Rocket is like picking up all the little pieces. Yeah. And he's just like, you're all that I have left. Yeah. That is intense. And you see Drax come and sit down next to him and, and start like, like, scratching his head. Because yeah. like, he's an animal. Yeah. And you just see Rocket where he's like, I, I've never like been accepted like this. This is, and then you just accept it. And he's like, ah, oh, okay. And then you start seeing the twig move, and you're like, ah, it's because Rocket believed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having said that, I think Teenage Groot in Endgame got stretched a little bit too far in terms of the just being a teenager type of thing. Where like, I, I don't know about you, but it was almost like he was on that game a little too long. Yeah. Where it was like, you got to the Star Forge, dude. Like, I don't care what teenager you are, you're looking around. <laughs> like, 
you're, you're checking out what's what. That is better than an 8-bit game. For the moment, though, where they're like, where's the handle? And you're just I, like, oh, I see. Now, I, I will Step be the handle. <laughs> yeah. That is an awesome, awesome moment. Like, genuinely. You know what moment I was waiting for? They had an excellent scene in Ultimate Spider-Man where Spider-Man meets the Guardians of the Galaxy and Groot yeah. is... Yeah, Groot is in, like, a little pot. He's little baby Groot, right? Yeah. And then um, the Guardians are losing, and Spider-Man is losing, and Rocket just goes, Throw the tree! And Spider-Man's, I'm not throwing it! He's a kid! He's a little baby! And then Groot just, like, angrily has, like, this little stick goes, I am Groot! He's like, you're not big! And then they're just like, Throw the damn tree! And they throw him, and he just, like, explodes out of this pot and turns into gigantic Groot. <laughs> I was waiting for that in in Infinity War Endgame, for him to just plus-size himself and uh, just grow. Fair, fair. But uh, are you sure that's Ultimate Spider-Man? The, the... The comic? No, no, not the comic. The TV series. Oh! Yeah. Oh! Okay, with um, Drake Bell. Yeah. Neat. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen that bit. Yeah, ah, that's it's, pretty fucking. It's cool. actually really entertaining, because you also get to see Avengers versus Guardians, Groot versus Hulk. What a match! Oh, really? Is it good? It is good. Oh, honestly, Groot is literally just grow. He just like grows higher than Hulk can punch, and he's just like, lol, catch me. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I will say that's one of my few complaints about the MCU. Hulk has been really underserved. Like, recently, I was very disappointed in Endgame. First, I was so proud of them for giving us Professor Hulk. But, I was like, I uh, never expected you to do this. But then when he didn't... But they didn't... skipped over, like, getting to that point. Yeah. Which was disappointing. And I was like, okay, I get it, it's fine. But what I was disappointed in is that we didn't get to see Hulk do anything further than that in the movie. There was no... Yeah. Like, I wanted, I wanted to see a rematch. Honestly, what, rematch, I, yeah, yeah. what I wanted out of Hulk in Endgame, genuinely, he didn't have to beat Thanos. What I wanted was for Hulk to go there and literally, you could connect it all the way back to the Edward Norton films where he just hits Thanos with some jujitsu and he like knocks him on his ass. He's like, jujitsu, bitch. And then Thanos like knocks him the fuck out. And then you have the big three come in. Like, I would have been absolutely fine with that. Because to me, it would have made sense. He's less powerful, but he's more skilled. You know. Do you know what I would have really enjoyed is that um, World War Hulk, yeah. right? Where you finally have Banner and, and Hulk, Hulk just being like angry together because technically Thanos took um, Black Widow from him. Yeah, fair. So you'd have this moment of them both losing their mind. You get the glowing green eyes moment. That would have been baller. And then him punching Thanos, and then like at the, after Endgame, just fucking off. That would have been pretty cool, yeah. I would again. I, he's got nothing left. Yeah, I I think Hulk was underserved in the MCU, unfortunately, which is heartbreaking. But the Guardians haven't been. <laughs> like, cannot stress that enough. Like, wowzer! Like everything from the production design, from the score, from the cinematography, dude. You know what is crazy is that the special effects in those movies are so good, mm. are so believable. I don't think there's a moment where they drop the ball. Which like, is impressive considering they're dealing with two fully CG characters pretty much at all times. Exactly, and what is amazing is you compare these films, where you have Rocket and Groot the entire time, fucking seamlessly drifting between like 
people who are currently there, mm. like real life people, and it doesn't look odd at all. There's not a moment where you're like, eh, it looks kind of video gamey. Yeah. None of that. Honestly, on the effects side of things, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, when they de-age Kurt Russell, dude, that is impressive stuff. Like, wowzer. It is incredible to behold. I think they they have perfected that technology, genuinely. And I think they, they brought it to its logical extreme in aging Chris Evans up. Yeah. Which is, again, phenomenally well done. Honestly, across the board, I think the MCU's had phenomenal effects. Like, especially compared to what the DCEU has done, Shane, it's always easy to shit on them. But unfortunately, it is true. Their movies have the budget. They have the potential to be that good. They just don't know where to put their money. Which is weird when you think about it, because it's like, how do you not know? Like, I like that's coming from someone who's never made a big budget Hollywood film before. But like, surely you get to a point where you can, like, adequately uh, like assess your money situation and put it where you need to put it, right? Yeah. Like, evidently they did, because Guardians of the Galaxy did it. Like, James Gunn has showed what a masterclass in directing looks like. That is my honest belief. Like. I, I would put him up there as one of the top directors the MCU's ever gotten. No, 100%. Like, be. Joe and Anthony Russo are obviously up there as well. John Favreau's got to be up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, like genuine. No, didn't Shane Black direct Iron Man 3? Uh, Iron I, Man 2? No, I, I think it's Iron Man 3. I'm pretty sure he did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was also pretty good. It was good, but it wasn't... As good as it could have been, unfortunately. Yeah. That's my. Uh, that's kind of where I, the Iron Man movies post one have been, where it's like it's good, but it's not as good as it could have been. No. But so just, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, eh? Like, let's take let's take Guardians uh, into Infinity War and Endgame, because their interaction with Iron Man and, oh, and Peter Parker and Doctor Strange phenomenal. is excellent. Phenomenal, dude. Plus, they genuinely show what they're capable of. Yeah. Which was good, because they didn't underuse them, and then you get that, that heartbreaking moment oh, with Peter Quill. Oh, yeah, and he just looks at Thanos, and he's like, where's Gamora? And he's like, and the Nebula's just like, he went with Gamora, he came back without her, and Peter's like, you didn't. Don't t you didn't do that, and Thanos is just like, I had to. And he's like, no, you didn't. Like, no, he didn't, and then he just loses his shit. And the best part is you can see Tony Stark, like, no, dude, because, like, he recognizes he's yeah. been in that position where he's just lost his shit from Civil War, where he yeah. just beat up Cap and Bucky, and they just end up tearing the Avengers apart. And he's like, we are so close, you can't, you can't right now. And he, like, he shows his humanity where he, he can't hold that back. Like, that was the one person he genuinely loved and forged a connection with. I mean, that was the thing that they did so well in Infinity War, is they showed how broken all the characters were without each other, without yeah. that support. Yeah. Excellent job. Thor had that moment, where yeah. he was like, I don't... Like, at this point, it's not about winning, it's about killing you, it's about you knowing that I killed you. Yeah. So and he then he loses because of it. Yeah. Like, they are. The fact, yeah, the fact that Iron Man and Cap can't speak uh, means both their respective teams lose because yeah. they don't have each other's back. The Guardians are basically split apart and then they just lose it, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's Without Gamora to put, like, Drax and Peter in check, they fall to pieces. Mm. Which is, honestly, it's incredible, like, character growth across all these movies because, like, you see how the Guardians have 
gone from like strangers who've realized they've got a bit of a connection to like a, a very dysfunctional family that is argumentative and like at each other's throats to an infinity war they're still a dysfunctional family but they're a dysfunctional family that works yeah like uh, i love their introduction where it's like okay there's a distress beacon we're gonna go save some people and Rocket's like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, well, we can always rob them afterwards. <laughs> and, and, and Rocket's like, I'm in. And Gamora's like, no, none of that. And he's like, of course not, of course not. <laughs> Why would we do that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, on a, yeah, the, the continuity they've got. Again, especially switching writers and directors. And, like, I know they brought James Gunn on to, like, help write the Guardians portions and really help, like, bring them into the universe. But I think the Russos deserve a fair bit of props for being able to carry the baton that James Gunn handed them. Yeah. Nebula and Tony, endgame. Oh, dude. That scene of them in space. Where she gives him the food and he's like, I, do you want to share? And she's like, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm part machine. You're a human being. You're going to die. Through that, that just game of paper football. Yeah. Where she, she's just like, this is, this is a fair game? You, I, I can win like you're not gonna fuck me over like yeah. and he's just like no fair game well done like you won, you won. and you like you see that look in her eye where she's just like oh my like holy shit like is this what it feels like <laughs> honestly Karen Gillian is a really really good actress she is I re again Doctor Hoover you really need to get on that it's you know, she's a very very talented actress I really, really dig her. I was so impressed. I had no idea who she was before this. Fair, yeah. Like, not to be funny, she was, she's very much a British actress in terms of it was only really the guys and then in the again, UK. After yeah. Guardians, her career blew up in America and joined um, Jumanji. Yeah, fair, fair. Honestly, yeah, you're right. The, the key to make a successful career in Hollywood at the moment is become a superhero. If, if you can attach yourself to Marvel, Sorted. Yeah, hell, even sorted. if you attach yourself to DC, you're not going to make a good movie, but you'll be sorted. <laughs> like, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, bro. Yeah. Like, honestly. Gal Gadot? Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Like, yeah. Ezra Miller kind of died. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's also because he joined Harry Potter and then he didn't do so great there. That's First awesome. movie finds it can be bad. Yeah. Honestly, I, I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not a fan that they kicked Johnny Depp off uh, Fantastic Beasts. Despite the fact that um, they replaced him with Mads Mikkelsen, which, honestly, Mads Mikkelsen well is done. a strong choice. Well done. Like, yeah. genuinely strong choice. I am bleep, though. I won't lie. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Honestly, I think, overall, we can sum up Guardians of the Galaxy as excellent, great, great. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> like, genuinely. I, yeah. I, I think the first film probably is the best. I think it is... Like, it has the best pacing, the best character moments, and all that, but, like, not by much. Let's talk about some badass moments before we end off here. Fair. Just some, like, standout badass moments. Yondu, whistling through that first movie. Oh, just when he's surrounded yeah. and he's just like, lol, you have no idea. And then where he wreaks havoc in the prison. Yeah. Where he gets the new, um, the, the new upgraded, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just flying around murdering everyone. Phenomenal. Another Yondu moment, actually. Okay. First movie, right? When Quill gives him the stone and then he gets on the ship and opens it up and it's just a little troll doll and yeah. he just starts laughing, bro. And he's like, I taught him well. <laughs> 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 ah, he did it. 
Ozzy loves those things. Yeah. He loves the little um, the little troll dolls, yeah. <laughs> also, I'm really impressed by the fact that they introduced the Nova Corps in the first movie. Red I think move. it was, it was well, a very move. solid introduction as well, despite the fact they didn't introduce Nova himself. Which is something cool, which I think is going to be pretty awesome should they bring the Eternals closer to the Guardians. Mmm, that'll be really cool, yeah. Because Nova is pretty freaking powerful. Yeah. Do you think he's going to be the last of the Nova Corps now? Because remember Thanos basically decimated that planet. Yeah. Do you think, yeah, he could actually be like a really hyped up uh, Nova Corps member because they've got one left. They're like, cool, let's experiment on him. Let's make him the best we've got. Fair, yeah, yeah. He can be our defender. Also, Peter Serafinowicz and John C. Riley as supporting characters crushed it in that first film. Oh, it's Star Prince. <laughs> Star Lord, man. <laughs> what a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> it is brilliant. Oh my god. And like, honestly, those are just supporting characters. And like, again, just the journey they go through. Like, John C. Riley's character, when the, the head checks, like, do you trust him? Like, and he's like, well, to be honest, I don't think anyone's, like, 100% an asshole, you yeah. know? <laughs> and they're just like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's so good. What a moment, actually, when the that giant black spaceship is just crashing into their planet, and oh, all the ships go up and they create the shield, stop. yeah. And they just, like, hold. Like, you, we, we hold. This is our job now. And they're just like, Guardians, do your thing. Great moment. Another great moment, right? Also, first film, um, Peter Quill dancing with Gamora in Nowhere. Ooh. That is a really, really solid scene where, like, he actually shows a bit of maturity and he, like, starts just gently breaking down her walls until she pulls away because she's obviously still an assassin. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I really, really love their chemistry, their scenes together, like, everything. It's so good. And then you get that dancing again where they dance together. Yeah. On in the second in, movie. Yeah, on Ego's yeah. Planet. Ah. Again, like what honestly I think it's probably up there as one of the best built relationships in the MCU. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's another one that matches it. Quite on that level, yeah. yeah. There isn't actually very good, like great love interests happening in the MCU. They're all very like short lived. Well, it's not that short-lived, it's just that, that they're like, not, like they're take Pepper. Pepper and Tony's a key example where it's like, that should be a really excellent love story. And it's good, but it's not great. Peggy Cap. Peggy Cap's good, but your problem is, it's, it, A, it gets a little weird when he starts hooking up with her niece. Ah, uh, they had to pay respects to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look at it, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and the other thing is that, it, I, I like... Their entire relationship is basically built off the first film, which was done really well, yeah. make no mistake. But that's kind of all we had until Endgame. Yeah. Which is disappointing. And I think it's why, like, even, like, Tom Holland and Zendaya in Spider-Man Far From Home. Like, yeah. it, well done. It's a really good, like, teenager relationship. But, like, honestly, Peter Quill and Gamora takes the cake. I don't think there's a better... Not in the MCU. Not the I, MCU will, I will raise you one Marvel movie that's got a better relationship, and that is Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone. That was a pretty, like, they had really, really good chemistry, yeah. That is hectic. That was really well done, now. Yeah. I'll give you that. That is why that movie hit so hard for me, is, like, as Second a Spider-Man, yeah, as uh, a Spider-Man movie, like, people can hate on it all you like, but we have, like, you cannot top the chemistry that they had, you cannot top their love story. 
even Tobey Maguire, Mary Jane. Like I, oh. I didn't think it was. It Kirsten Dunst wasn't. I hate to say it, she wasn't great in those movies. I, I at least I never thought she did very well in those movies, even as a kid. Yeah. Like even as a kid, I always used to go, mm, but Mary, like she, she looks like Mary Jane, but like, mm, nah. But your Emma Stone killed it, and so did Andrew Garfield. Just when they were together on in on the screen, screen, yeah, you know? yeah. But that, again, that's just two really good actors being allowed to do their thing, you know. Mm. Which is, I think, exactly what happened with um, Chris Pratt and um, Zoe Saldana. Where it was, you've got two really good actors with great chemistry and a phenomenal script. Like, that's all you need. Tight script, actually. Yeah. Script will build you great movies. The hundreds do. It's hard to have an excellent script and fuck a movie up. Yeah, fair. You'd literally have to have like some of the worst actors imaginable. Yeah, and some of the worst cinematography. And CGI and the like. Yes. Goodness. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say about Guardians of the Galaxy before we end off? Um, canteen fight scene. Rocket jumps up onto Groot's like shoulders. Oh just, like, yeah. Cocks With the, the gun. gun. It's like oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And then they just unleash hell. It's great. Phenomenal. Ha. Huh. Two CGI characters absolutely killing it. Again, I, like, I cannot overstate how impressive a job James Gunn did. Like, genuinely, I think that man deserves all the credit in the world. Like, Rocket taking apart the Ravagers when they come and try and attack them. Um, yeah, in the camping. forest. Yeah. yeah, dude. That is an incredible action scene as well. Because you don't expect it from Rocket, because he is actually a pretty muscular raccoon. Yeah. And he, he punches the crap out of those guys. But it's also that he sets so many like traps and just shit that they're going to walk into yeah. that he just takes advantage of. It's crazy good. And then the only reason why he loses is because Yondu and that flippant arrow of his, but like, fair enough, yeah, that arrow yeah, that is up. Yeah, that arrow is OP. <laughs> that thing should get nerfed. <laughs> Yo, imagine Yondu was in versus Thanos. That arrow... Hey. Okay, but see, like, I feel like Thanos, Thanos would be the guy who would grab the arrow out the air. <laughs> like, he, he pull that arrow move and that's mine now. <laughs> I don't need a fin. <laughs> like, throw it at him. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Alright, you happy? Yeah, I'm, I think we've pretty much talked Guardians pretty solidly considering how we basically forgot about them in our MCU uh, podcast. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, I've been Ryan. I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the nerd rambles. <laughs>